Holy Gospel from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud voice, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. This is the Gospel of the Lord. God's grace go with you this day. His grace, his mercy, his peace, his love, all the gifts that our God gives to us in Jesus Christ be yours now and forever. Amen. Through the years, I've enjoyed the actor and comedian Tim Allen. As a family, we enjoyed watching Tim the Toolman Taylor, back in the sitcom that aired in the 90s. You might remember that Tim had a rather curious neighbor who just barely showed above the fence that separated their homes. His name was Wilson, and Tim usually ended up talking over the fence and Wilson usually ended up supplying some good advice for a struggling family and a struggling dad trying to assist improving their home. Well, at this time of the year, I enjoy watching also Tim Allen. But this time it's in the movie series, Santa Claus. Santa Claus 1 features Tim Scott, technically, putting on the red man's suit. Santa Claus 2, we learn about the marriage clause. And Santa Claus 3 is the escape clause. Well, we've kind of come here also during Advent to 1, 2, and 3. Advent 1, Advent 2, Advent 3, our series, as Pastor Sam mentioned, is about prepare ye. Preparation is always the theme of Advent. Every year, because we are in the midst of preparing, we're preparing our homes inside, maybe outside. We're preparing our church, but above all, the reminder is for us as God's people to prepare our hearts to once again receive the Savior and rejoice with the gift that God has given to us and his name is Jesus. That's why the candle on the wreath bears a different color for us. To remind us to rejoice also in the midst of preparing our hearts, and we do that by faith 
through repentance, but above all, even in the midst of that preparation, to take the time to rejoice. To rejoice. Not because it's such a crazy time of the year and we don't know how we're going to get everything in and we're just glad when we move from one thing to another thing, but to rejoice as to why we celebrate at all. This week, we meet two Jewish ladies. And though they are separated by many years one from another, both of these ladies are expecting. One is young and one is old. But they are both expecting a baby. For each one, it will be their very first child. And for each one, this occurrence is an unexpected event. One is named Elizabeth. The other one, we've already met during our Advent series, her name is Mary. My grandmother's name was Elizabeth, so I've always had an affinity for this particular story. So that our first note this morning reminds us of the circumstances of these two families, expecting the unexpected. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Mary did not expect to see her relative at this time. She had not heard the news. It was the angel Gabriel who brings this message to her, that her relative Elizabeth is going to have a child and she's already six months along. So Mary gets ready and hurries to a town in the hill country of Judea. Elizabeth did not expect to be expecting. She and her husband, Zechariah, had moved considerably beyond the years when Elizabeth might expect to get pregnant. She had passed those childbearing years. She was old. They both were old. They both were enjoying their years with one another as they moved in and through their old age. Their expectation to have a child had evaporated a long time ago until the unexpected news comes to them through God's heavenly messenger. Expecting the unexpected. God's word in those first two chapters of the Gospel of Luke, those two chapters are filled with account after account with those who suddenly were expecting something they had not expected at all. Zechariah, Elizabeth's husband, certainly didn't expect when he went in as a priest to serve God's people that he would find an angel standing there next to the altar. After living all those years, Elizabeth did not expect to give birth to a child. She was too old. She couldn't have children, or so she believed. And then there's Mary, who shouldn't 
have children. One of these ladies couldn't, and the other one shouldn't. Mary shouldn't have children, at least not right now, because Mary had not yet been married. But she too, we see, is expecting, let alone unexpectedly being told that this child born to her would be the son of the Most High. How unexpected that must have been. So she responds, how will this be? Only to find out as the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. How unexpected was that? I'm sure she could not have seen that coming at all. And so she hurries off, it says, to meet her relative. Elizabeth is not expecting her. There was no way for Mary to let her know that she was coming. Elizabeth probably didn't know her arrival until she hears Mary drawing close to their home. But what we learn from these two ladies today, both of whom are expecting the unexpected, we learn that our God works in both. Our God works in the expected, and our God works in the unexpected. And both of those occur in our own lives, don't they? Sometimes we forget when things are going smooth, when they're going as we expect them to be going, day after day and week after week. Sometimes we forget. We forget to say, thank you, Lord. We forget to praise our God. But what about the unexpected? Joseph certainly didn't expect to hear that the one he was betrothed to was now with child. God's angel has to come to him to remind him in a dream that though this is unexpected, God is working things out, Joseph, and take her to be your wife. God is working in our lives too, even through the unexpected, even through the circumstances and the occurrences that we did not plan for, could not have planned for at all. He works just as well in one as he does the other. And so we praise our God. Shepherds didn't expect that a heavenly host that night on the plains of Bethlehem was going to greet them with this news. Herod certainly didn't expect to hear that there was a newborn king, and he didn't like very much that news. And we never expect either to hear that we need a savior. But we do. We do need a savior. And we will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. Expecting the unexpected in all things, we praise God. Just as Paul reminds us today that in all things, we rejoice before God, trusting that our loving Lord, our Heavenly Father, is working in both. 
He's working in the expected of our lives, and he's also working in the unexpected that happens to us. Note number two, an uncertain journey. When she had entered Zechariah's home, she greeted Elizabeth. We already heard that she hurried off to the hill country of Judea. So let's play a brief what-if game. What if you took away from me all the electronics that I own? And then I tell you that I have to go visit a friend in southern Indiana. A week goes by. You don't hear anything from me. I don't have any electronics. But you receive a message, an urgent message, an emergency message that you have to pass along to me. But all that you know is that I'm in southern Indiana. That would be an uncertain journey, wouldn't it? Trying to find me without knowing where I might be. Scripture doesn't tell us where Mary goes. That's why this is an uncertain journey. There are many places she could have been. Luke doesn't think it's important that we really know where Zechariah and Elizabeth might be residing. What was important is that there is a connection here. These two mothers-to-be connect one another and greet one another. And Luke does tell us that Mary stays in their home about three months before she returns home. What do you think those two women did during that three-month time? Well, I could imagine for sure that putting two, late, two pregnant ladies together, they talked a lot with each other. After all, neither one of them had ever been down this journey before. Neither one of them had ever given birth at all. This was a very uncertain journey. The older one several months ahead of the younger one. So there was sharing. Undoubtedly, that took place. But then both of these pregnancies had been directed by heaven. How uncertain that must have seemed. And both children had been foretold to be rather special. <laughs> All of our kids are special, right? But these two really were special. That heavenly messenger had said that one was going to prepare the way of the Lord. The other would be the Messiah, the fulfillment of all that God had promised his people. What an uncertain journey it must have been, just considering the children that were to be born. Perhaps this month, as we approach in a little more than a week our Christmas celebration, has become somewhat of an uncertain journey for you. Oh, Christmas is familiar to us, but the circumstances might be a little different for you this year. And so that makes your journey a little bit uncertain. Someone 
is not going to be present there. Maybe they've moved out of the area, a relative or a family member who has shared this Christmas celebration with you for any number of times. They're not around this year. Or someone who has been a part of your life is no longer there because they have passed away. Those events, those losses, if you would, create uncertain journeys for us as we move forward week after week, as we move into a holiday celebration. Maybe there's a certain fear that has creeped into your life. You can sense that you are slowing down. And the doctor hasn't been especially encouraging for you. Might this be my last Christmas? That thought has creeped into your mind and a little fear that goes along with even considering that possibility or maybe that thought has come to you for someone else that will be there, but you wonder if it might be the last time that they will be there. Or plan A hasn't been working for you in quite a while. And so you've moved on to plan B, but that's not working very well either. So it's plan C or plan D or however far along you might be. We had a family event gathered, gathering this week when Wednesday we received a call from sister-in-law that said her husband had COVID, they weren't coming. And her comment was, in the uncertainty suddenly that this has produced that life is plan B. Because <laughs> plan B seems to be the occurrence that comes to us more often than plan A working out. An uncertain journey that we make, not only at this time of the year. Mary did. Elizabeth is. Both of these ladies, as they move forward, are looking at an uncertain journey. But then there's also an unplanned leaping. That's our third note this morning. An unplanned leaping and rejoicing. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. Couldn't have been a big leap. Just not a lot of space in that womb. Maybe a kick. But there was a movement, a response that Mary Elizabeth knew about. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Note three things occur for Elizabeth. First, the baby leaps in her womb. But then it says Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and in a loud voice, says, blessed. Her first response is one of praise. So too, as we celebrate God's goodness to us, not only the goodness that we will celebrate gathering with one another at Christmas, but the goodness that we celebrate each and every day, our first response as the people of God is to praise just as Elizabeth did. C.S. Lewis noted, it's good to take time for joy because joy is the business of heaven. 
joy is the business of heaven. We might wonder about that. True? I mean, how many Christmases have we celebrated? God's coming into our world. And we might think, but the world isn't getting any better, Lord. Your presence here doesn't seem to be making much of a difference in our world. Countries are still battling countries. People are dying in war. Hatred and persecution are still very much present. As the carol says, there is no peace. Peace outside or peace inside. Lord, what difference has your coming really made in our world? Elizabeth reminds us to see the blessing of God, even when we can't see the blessing of God. This baby, either one, neither one is born to these two mothers, but Elizabeth still leaps. The baby leaps, and she exclaims. She praises the Lord. Christmas comes first to this house to Zechariah's house. Now think about that for just a minute. How could that be? Jesus is not born yet. John is not even born to Zechariah and Elizabeth. But Christmas comes first to this house because the Lord comes to this house. And that's what Christmas is all about for us. That's what Advent is all about for us, reminding us that the Lord has come and that the Lord is coming to us. Elizabeth recognizes that and proclaims in the midst of her praise, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord has come? In a loud voice, she does that which is always, I think, a good reminder to us that praise is intended to be heard. Praise is intended to be heard. It's hard to whisper God's praise. If your heart is filled with joy and praise, that needs to be heard. Go tell it on the mountain. When it comes to singing that, it needs to ring out from us. Gloria in excelsis, at the end of angels we have heard on high, is not meant to be just a mousy kind of explanation. During my high school years, which was a long time ago, I was in one of the school choirs, not the top choir. My voice has never been that good. But there were multiple choirs, so I had a chance to do some singing. And at this time of the year, number of churches in the Chicago area always invited us to come around. And one of the, the, the songs that we always sang was the Alleluia Chorus. Now, when you hear the Alleluia Chorus, I don't know what you do, but I'll tell you what I do. I do not turn down the volume for the Hallelujah Chorus. I crank it on up. If the walls are shaking, it's probably at a good level. If the glasses are rattling, I can hear the praise. That's what Elizabeth reminds us of. Praise is to ring out. Praise is to be exclaimed. If you were present this past Wednesday, 
One of our school groups led the midweek service. The uh, little guys, you know, the cutest ones. Not the only cute ones, but the cutest ones. And all of those who were present, I think, probably would agree. One of the words for the preschool and the kindergartners during the Advent service that they were to exclaim was hallelujah. Did they whisper that hallelujah, Sam? No. I mean, they belted it out. In fact, if you look closely, some of the staff up front, you know, is kind of reminding them, but that's how praise is supposed to go. You let it rip. You exclaim it loud for all to hear. This Christmas time is another opportunity for us as the people of God to exclaim loudly the praises of God who has come into our world for us. So that our last note this morning is that we praise his coming. Hebrews reminds us that in the days of old, in the Old Testament time, God sent forth his prophets, but in these times, God has sent to us his son. He speaks to us through his son. He makes known his will, his way. He makes known himself through his son, Jesus Christ. He sends his one and only because, first of all, he loves every one of us. God is love. And he has an eternal love that desires us to be once again reconciled to him. That's something we cannot do, none of us. We cannot reconcile ourselves to our heavenly father, our creator, so that God sends his son to accomplish that for us. I will send to you that gift which you cannot receive anywhere else. Mary's response following this story, as she responds to the praise of Elizabeth, she herself offers a word of praise that said, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Elizabeth praises God for the coming of her Lord. Mary praises God for the coming of her Savior. One says, my Lord, the other says, my Savior. How do we respond? How do you respond? Throughout the week, as we live just off of Emerson Avenue, close to Kroger's and Walmart and Meyer and Target and yada, 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 every other day it seems... We're running back and forth to get something that is needed or forgotten. So the other day, I'm driving back into the subdivision after making one of those runs down the street to one of the stores to, to pick up an item. In our neighborhood, the neighbors have, many of them, decorated lovely with lights, but there are not many Mary Joseph scenes in any of those displays. So I noted coming back through the neighborhood, that one of my neighbors had moved a manger, a, a pretty decent-sized manger, out from the scene that they had, out a little closer to the curb. He even put a little straw in the manger to, track, to attract a little more attention to that manger. 
There was no Jesus in the manger. There is no Jesus in the manger in front of our house because Christmas hasn't come yet. But in the manger of this house, there was a cat just nestled under the, in the straw, just enjoying a very comfortable rest. And I thought, if it's not Jesus in the manger, then it really doesn't make any difference. It might as well be a cat. Could be anything. So the question for us becomes, who's in your manger? Not only does it need to be the Savior, if Christmas is really celebrated, but it needs to be my Savior, as Mary exclaims. Rejoice in my Savior, because God's coming is for me, and God's coming is for you. It may be an unplanned, an unexpected, an uncertain holiday time for you or some other time of the year that will occur shortly, maybe very unexpected, uncertain, unplanned for you. The good news is that God has come and continues to come to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And the best way right now for you to praise him, as Elizabeth and Mary, as these two expecting ladies praise God. The best way I would suggest is for you to join us. Christmas Eve, 5 o'clock p.m., 7 o'clock p.m., gather up the family and come and praise the Lord, for he has come to us. And there are no better words that we can hear than that a child has been born for you. And in his precious name, amen.